Amigos, amigas, welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. Just gonna just jump right in, starting 7 p.m. Pacific. I'm Wiesel from Food Mex Nation. This is an all-long podcast dedicated to all things Mexican football, as you can see behind me, and apparently all over me. Uh, Mexican soccer is just screaming around here with El Tri back, so uh, more uh, national team discussions, which I love. Not that all the other ones aren't important, but we get to talk all about Mr. Tuca Ferretti, the list, the players, the young, uh, the youngsters that are coming in, and already Tuca spicing things up for everybody. Uh, welcome to the chat, Mr. Cesar Hernandez on today's. How's it uh-huh. going, Cesar? Doing well, doing well. Uh, I took a little break over the weekend, but of course, yeah. I'm, I was still working on the go. I feel bad for all my friends. I went to Austin, Texas, but I still forced them to watch Liga Mekis. I still nice. forced them to watch the games. Luckily, a lot of them are, are are soccer fans. It wasn't that difficult to convince them to watch some games with me. But, you know, this sport, I mean, just there, there's never a break. After the World Cup, we just uh, jump straight back into Liga Mekis, man. It's great. It's great. Right. All right. Well, we'll start. Uh, well, we all have Mr. Tom Marshall. He's gonna. He's running around eight to ten minutes left. He's. Uh, he didn't give us an excuse or he didn't give us a reason. He just said, "I'm gonna be ten minutes late." So you know, you don't question Tom. What a jerk. Upset. We question him, but maybe um, he doesn't answer. <laughs> he doesn't answer. So let's just jump right in. We uh, tweeted out a question. It says, "On a scale of one to ten, how important are these friendlies for the younger players?" And I guess we'll go with you, Cesar. Yeah, I don't know who else at this point, right? <laughs> um. I was I was really thinking about this because I do understand when people are just like, oh, these are partidos moleros, blah, blah, blah. It's a World Cup year. I mean, we, a lot of us are still having a little bit of a World Cup hangover there. But I'll go with a seven. I'll go with a okay. solid seven just because I know that uh, we have yet to have a, a, a manager to be taking over permanently. Duca is going to be the interim I know we have a long time to go before we really start thinking about the next World Cup. I think this is really an opportunity, not just for the young guys, but for all the players who are called up to really, you know, put their foot down, to really, you know, make a name for themselves in this new World Cup cycle. So I- I'm going to go with the seven. Uh, and I think this is also a perfect setup for a lot of these guys. I mean, we've talked about it. I mean, all of these guys are under the age of 25. We even have a few who are under the age of 20. So uh, once again, I'll-, I'll stick with the seven. I think it's a good opportunity. It's not. Obviously, it's not a World Cup qualifier. It's not a CONCACAF Nations League, which we're eventually going to have to figure out and talk about whenever that <laughs> emerges for 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 Mexico. But I think it's 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 still it's still something that I'm looking forward to. I think a lot of Mexico fans are probably a little excited to see all yeah. a lot of those younger players. Yeah, no, I think so too. I think you know when you look at it, like oh, okay, it's it's a FIFA, it's a I mean all uh, the national teams are playing because of the nation's cup i think in europe and it's a fifa date so we we have a combination of a lot of youngsters coming in uh on the on, on twitter let's see carlos fugasi friend of the show less than usual if there was a permanent coach watching them closely otro gallo cantaria he says uh brian um a normal friendly six but it's a rivalry a rivalry so eight and that's i think that's what people are forgetting and we're playing against the U.S., you know, them coming back, rebuilding, another four-year cycle. It's like we haven't heard that much buzz about it. But when Mexico's playing there against the U.S., you're going to want them to win, you know, when, yeah, when they stay on the field. It's not – It's not. I mean, I, I am 100% like one of those Mexican national team fans. Whenever I see a Mexico versus USA game, it could be like in tennis. And I'm like, oh, my God, I get like heart palpitations. I get like nervous. I'm like, yeah. come on, Mexico, you have to beat the U.S. But like – 
I don't know. This game, it doesn't have the same spark. It, it, well, it yeah. doesn't. But I think For obviously we see spark, I, I, they're bringing in some young guys too. And you look at their roster, it's clearly that they're, they're uh, and we've known this for a while that they're going through through a transitionary period as well. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if it's going to be. I mean, you're going to see people really, really hype up the game. I don't think it's really be that intense. A lot of these younger guys too, they aren't thinking like, "Oh my god, we really have to beat the U.S." A lot of these young guys are thinking, "Oh my god, I've been called up to a three. I really need to make a name for myself." So, I, 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 yeah, but U.S. Yeah. beats Mexico next week. And, you know what? You know, it's, and it's, it's, it starts. It, you, you can't know. lose against your rival, no matter what or what it is. You can't lose against your rival. That's it. I, I don't know. I, I'm expecting you... them to win. We have, we have. Uh, you know, they're bringing in youngsters. Also, I feel that we have the better talent. Yeah, let's put. Let's start the little type of pressure. If they lose, they lose. No big deal. But let's yeah. let's get that. I expect a win against Uruguay. I don't expect a win. They do well. The youngsters come in, but against a rival, you beat them every time. That's how sports I go. Know. I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't care about the scores in these games. To be honest, to be perfectly honest, I don't, I don't care about the scores. Oh. I just want to see something from the younger guys. If Mexico loses to the United States, whatever. Mexico went to the World Cup. The U.S. didn't. I mean, it's just like I just, I'm not that bothered about <laughs> what the result is like. I'm just really keeping an eye on how the how the younger kids do, and I'm really hoping that 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 Thuka does give them an opportunity. And I think a lot of people are worried with Duke. I think like, oh, he's a guy who doesn't really focus on young talent, really doesn't focus on younger players, but he doesn't have anything to really lose in these games. They are still mm-hmm. friendlies nonetheless. So maybe he will be more willing to experiment and to try some of those younger guys as opposed to with Thigetus, which he would probably start. I, I, don't, I don't even know how many of these guys he would actually start <laughs> if, they're in court, if they're involved with, uh, with Thigetus. All right. Well, the list officially came out. Let's see what's going on on the chat. Saying hello to everybody that's there. The goat main, Louis, Cari Torres, our friend, uh, Abraham Felipe, talking about Linus and Lozano. Uh, our friend Sergio Tristan, who was uh, always there. Uh, just kind of have a talk. If you are not on the chat on live, get on it right now and you can ask us some questions and we'll try to get the commentary. Um, well, obviously the, the list came out, uh, during the week, the news of Tuca Ferretti was officially finalized, I think around on Tuesday and, uh, many people, uh, you know, the, 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 I'm sorry, the week and a half ago and many people were already talking. All right. Interim, how many, how many games looks like it's just going to be for right now. Some just the FIFA friendlies that are coming up in September, and then the list came out. So um, off right off the bat, Guillermo Choa, Hugo Gonzalez, and Hiran Lahut from Tijuana, which are the keepers. Defenders: Carlos Salcedo, Osvaldo Alaniz, Edson Alvarez, Jesus Gallardo, Jose Abella, Luis Rodriguez, Jesus Angulo, Gerardo Arteaga from Santos. Lots of the Santos guys there in the defense. From the midfield, Jonathan Dos Santos, who had a great goal over the past weekend. Roberto Alvarado, another great uh, performance. Diego Lainez, Jonathan Gonzalez, Orbelín Pineda, Victor Guzmán, Eric Aguirre, Eric Gutierrez, and finally gets the call up Mr. Elias Hernandez. And up front, Rodolfo Pizarro, Irvin Lozano, Raul Jimenez, Ángel Saldivar, and Alan Pulido. You look at the list and you're kind of going down uh, when you're reading when it came out. First impressions, uh, you satisfied Cesar coming out. I mean, now we start analyzing what it is, but you're like, this is actually a pretty good list. And I think we all wanted this, right? I think we all, I mean, I think a lot of people are really excited about some of that younger talent that Mexico has. I think a lot of people are really excited about, you know, just 
I mean, talk about the transitionary period. Mexico does need to go through a transitionary period right now, uh, especially when you look at some of the older guys. When you look at Herrera, when you look at Aguardado, when you look at Chicharito, uh, those guys can still be involved in the next World Cup. But uh, regardless of whether they're a starter for Mexico, regardless of whether they're backups for Mexico, you do want to see other guys. You want to see other younger talent making their way through, perhaps going to Europe, really just make it, just really stepping up. Uh, whether it be for a clever country. And I'm, I'm glad that, uh, and, and I don't think it was just a Thuka thing. I think a lot of people were just like, wow, look at Thuka. He selected all these young guys. I don't, it's, it's not a, it's not a Thuka thing. I think it's more so a federation thing that's been looking yeah. forward. Uh, and, and I'm glad that a lot of these guys are being given an opportunity. So once again, you have 15 players under the age of 25, six players that are either 20 or younger. So I'm excited. I, I'm genuinely excited. And, uh, I do hope that they are going to be given minutes because remember, there are still, a number of players who uh, who are experienced, who uh, have had a number of uh, appearances for the national team, who are a part of this roster. So as much as I like a Jonathan Dos Santos, I'd prefer to see a Jonathan Dos Santos on the bench and maybe see someone like uh, Roberto Alvarado in his spot. So I think well, it's we can throw in up- like a bunch of young guys, you know, starting level. You have to have a good, uh, you know, a good mix of players that have already played. Even Jonathan Dos Santos is still fairly new to the national team. I mean, yeah, how many but, how many minutes does he really have? And it's and I think it's that type. It's like okay, let's give him minutes. He he's uh, he's scoring. He's he's playing. He's not injured for once, and he's uh, he's available. <laughs> um, but I mean, when that's when you when you look at you know obviously bringing the keepers right. You're not going to bring in mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know a a uh, a Chu Corona just for yeah. even though even though if the World Cup was was coming up, I mean they'd be the ones. You know, if if it, if it was next year, you know, you keep this. So I think that at that point, I understand, but you still have to have the relationship that like, Guillermo Cho is going to have no. with these youngsters. No, you, know, ha- you have to have that that um, the the players. And I think Tuca said it in a press conference uh, yesterday or today. He said you got to have those veterans to start helping shaping and how things go. No, I agree. And- I I agree hundred percent. Like I th- I think that you do need to have those veterans there to you know to kind of guide these players and especially once again. Whether you call these partidos moleros or not, that game against Uruguay, it's not one to be taken lightly. When you look at yeah. the roster that Uruguay has, when you look at Goldin's going to be there, Squad is going to be there, Carlos Sanchez. I mean, they've got a stack. This is a World Cup quarterfinalist that Mexico is going up against. So I, I do yeah. think that that game should be taken lightly. At the same time, though, I do once again, I, I do hope that when I look at a Mexico starting 11, it's not going to be like, oh, it's going to be John de Dos Santos, Osvaldo Alaniz, Ayala. <laughs> like uh and I, I just it's and I just, you know, on yeah. one side I do, I do understand what you need to have we need to have players like those but uh I, I do I, I really hope that we see some of the younger names in there I do really really hope I that think, we see some, yeah. I feel like the, the Uruguay you can't go too young with the Uruguay you have to have a good mix of players that yeah. are you know too, not too not too much to experiment again I'd be interested to see what Tuca's gonna do uh playing against a team that, that he knows that they're better and Duca comes in and, and starts strategizing on what to do. The good thing is that Uruguay is not going to score four or five goals. They never do. That's not who Uruguay is. You know, they'll, they'll score and, 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 uh, that's the good thing. I, I you know, no golean Uruguay. So yeah, yeah at least we're, we're going to have that, but it's interesting to see what to, I mean, Carlos Alcedo now is injured. So, yeah. you know, for those who don't know, so that kind of, we're looking at who in the back line. I thought maybe uh, Osvaldo Lanis and Salcedo in the center. Now we're going to start seeing, and it's going to be a completely new back line of, of defenders because if you look at that, who is the most experienced out of 
if you take uh, Salcedo out, Alanis, Alvaro, Gallardo, Abella, Rodriguez, Angulo, Arteaga, that is a very, very, very rookie type of defense that we're going to be facing against. It gave me a little bit of a piece when Carlos Salcedo's out, but now that he's out, Osvaldo Alanis is the most experienced player. Yeah, I mean, once again, I think that's. Uh, I mean, it is worse, but it's 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 one of those things where it's just like well, I guess you just keep telling yourself that the result isn't what matters. It's just you want to see young guys. You you want to see something from uh, from the, uh, the younger names who, who need to step up here from Mexico. So I mean, like you said, I don't think Uruguay is going to really step up and try to go attack minded. I think that that game has a draw written all over it. Maybe something. I think the wild card game is more so the U.S. men's national team game because I think. Yeah. That game, you have a lot of youngsters from the U.S. side. We're probably pretty hungry. Uh, mm-hmm. to and on both game. sides. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where I came down to. These youngsters are like, all right, I'm, I'm uh, okay, Uruguay is going to be very conservative, I feel. Yeah, you can see a 0-0, maybe a 1-0 Uruguay. If we score, yeah. I, I see Uruguay scoring. So, But then I, I, that's where I go to the U.S. game. I think these youngsters are hungry. They want to tell Shotuka. And you know how Tuka is, especially you know, yeah. the, new, the U.S. in 2015. Um, he's going to want to make a statement there. And, you know, it's, it's what, what does he lose if he, doesn't, if he doesn't win or he doesn't do well in these I mean, he, he, does, he doesn't lose anything. He's, he's, exactly. Liga, he's Liga Mackey's royalty at this point. <laughs> I mean, I think if you read between the lines, if you really... I don't know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't take much to recognize that the FMF probably wanted, and I think a lot of Mexican national teams probably wanted him as a long-term option. I, I think yeah. people really wanted him to take charge of the He wouldn't be my first option. I think that would be a slight step back uh, after Osorio. But he clearly has nothing to lose, and he had a fantastic time uh, in the, the last time he took charge of a three uh, after he won the CONCACAF Cup. And that one friendly after he won the CONCACAF Cup, what was it? Was that a game against Panama, I think? Was that a game against Panama and Toluca? I felt oh, like that was almost like... Yeah, I forget. I remember. I forget what it was. I almost feel like that felt was, that was just like a victory lap, uh, like a victory tour for Toluca after beating the U.S. men's national team in the CONCACAF Cup. But I, I mean, he's clearly had a good time. He clearly has a connection to these players. I'm sure uh, a lot of these guys have a good time on her, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it'll be interesting to see once again. I think if we're looking at the, the big talk, but the thing that stands out the most, and I think most people could recognize it. It is the young players. This in a, in a new world cup cycle and a, in a transition moment for a three, uh, what most of these games represent is an opportunity for these young players. And once again, yeah. we didn't have to name, we all know them and Eric Aguirre, uh, Jesus Angulo, Arteaga, Alvarado, Jonathan Gonzalez, Diego Lainez, of course. And it still blows my mind that a kid who was born in the year 2000 is going to be part of a three. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I think it's, it's all about the youth. It's all about the youth. Um, when you're looking at this list, Cesar, was there any kind of names you're just like, eh, like really? Like, you know, that's that, that kind of stood out for you. It was kind of like, all right why or who or i guess there was some reasons as to why i mean the first thing that kind of comes up is alan pulido yeah i mean i guess the, the argument you can make with pulido is that that there is a serious um depth problem for a three when it comes to an out and out striker i'm not talking mm-hmm. about somebody who play a little bit more in the wing but just an out and out strike position i don't know if Bolido, i don't think pulido is ever going to be a true starting national team option for a three this is a guy I mean, it's not. I feel like sometimes when we think about Bolivia, we think about the Bolivia that we saw with Ignis, the guy who scored what, mm-hmm. what was it like a, a handful of goals, yeah. and his it, when he first it was uh, getting started with L3. But this guy's now. I'm looking at right here. He's uh, 27, I think. No, he's 27. So yeah, I think people are a little worried, but it's just it's just another out and out striker, and someone's a little bit more experienced too. Uh, at least 
I, I, I don't want to see what they'll be. It's yeah. funny how fast he grew up. <laughs> like, yeah. We remember yeah, yeah, the yeah. youngster guy. All right, this is another youngster that comes in with Tigres, all of that. And then he scored, I think it was against Korea in San Diego. It was his first yeah. game. I, I think it was like so. Maybe Janu- two goals or something like that. It was like one that. of those January games that he Yeah, like, January yeah. games where we came and he comes in and his guy scored on his debut. And then, you know, all the talks and going to Europe and, and going to to Greece. And then it felt just kind of like a little bit of the of 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 the of the celebrityness kind of hit Pulido and I think just, so. I think you can kind of sense like that. that when you go onto his Instagram account too. Yeah, <laughs> you had the no. whole kidnapping thing, and it's yeah, that was unfortunate. It's kind of kind of crazy, but that's why I was just kind of like, okay, I mean, I mean, I mean honestly, the only... a lot better maybe trophies. You know, if you're gonna throw in a, a Pulido, I mean, I made it. With any kind of call up, everyone's gonna have their complaints. Everyone's true, gonna true. always have like no matter no matter who's in charge, there's never, ever, ever gonna be a perfect call up for for any <laughs> Mexican national figure. There's no one's gonna have a consensus of be like, yes, this is the perfect call up. There's always gonna be like little things that people, you know, have yeah. little problems with. Honestly, the the problem that I have, if I had to pick a problem, it, it isn't the I, I would say I, I wish that some of the European based guys would have also been given a little bit of a break. I know there's also people are saying, Oh yeah. Like you mentioned, I mean, you do have to have some experienced names out there, some veterans who help incorporate some of the younger guys. But I don't know, maybe like an Alanis who was still trying to like make his name out there in the second division. Say what you will I don't about think the he, second. I honestly, the, the FMF had to give the the the, the um the team twenty one days in advance when the team announces he wasn't even <laughs> part of that team in the second division. So I think that was like, hey, you're not going to do anything. Come, then he got signed over. So that's kind of that's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I I agree with you on that. Or like or like a Jimenez, like a Jimenez, like I know but what. There's, there's what nothing could wrong you... with taking him. You got this is the guy that we're hoping for. This mm. is the guy that needs that needs to be a part of the team, and this is the guy that needs. Uh, you know, he's our he's our forward that's supposed to replace Chicharito and Oribe Peralta and and all that. He has to come. I'm with you on the fact that you can give him some change, but at the same time, I wanted to see our captain. I wanted yeah. him to be a part of it. For example, Guardado. I know he's doing great things. Uh, he had a great game uh, over the weekend, but I would like to see the captain of the national team start looking at these youngsters and how much leadership can this guy bring? Because yeah. who's going to be the captain of this team? Ochoa. I mean, I think Ochoa will probably get a start of one of the games, and I think in that game that he does start, he'll probably get the captain's armband. I mean, other uh, than that, who, who, who's? I think has Ayala. I feel like there is a situation which Ayala has worn the captain's armband once. It could go to it could go to Jonathan dos Santos. <laughs> Jonathan uh, dos Santos is a captain. <laughs> I, I even honestly, Raúl Jiménez. I would say Raúl Jiménez would be the one. I, I think, I think I, it's going to be Ochoa. It's got to be Ochoa. I think it's gonna be Ochoa. I think I think Jimenez is definitely up there too. I mean, there's a guy who has like sixty plus uh, appearances for for three. So I think yeah, whether it be Ochoa, whether it be Jimenez, or even just a I don't I don't know. Ayala would it be the worst captain? Yeah, that's 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 what we're looking at. It's like I'm taught, that's that's what I meant about experience. I was a little bit kind of um, questioning maybe you know Tecatito not being there because these are the guys that I want to see in the World Cup. I get the Herreras, I get the Layuns. Chicharitos, the Carlos Velas, you know, those types. They're not going to be there. This is more of an experimental. Let's get to use it. But at least let's get everybody who we're looking for in the national, in the, in the World Cup. And maybe one game, maybe not. And so I, I would like to see Tecatito, you know, there on Raul, Tecatito up front, Chucky Lozano. Like this is the, let's start getting these guys plenty of time. The Rotaciones era is over. Let's solidify our no, forward starting like, now. But, 
But what, what, I, what's that's what I like the to see. next big tournament? The next big thing Mexico has to look forward to is the Gold Cup next summer. But like, so 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 give those honestly, give those European guys like give them the the rest of the of the year off. To be honest, if it were up the to year. me, if if I was in charge, just l- save the rest of 2018 for for incorporating the younger guys, give them opportunities. Let's see who really stands uh, stands out, and then yeah, maybe once 2019 rolls around. Then we start bringing back some of those European-based guys. I don't. That, uh, that's just my opinion. I, I, I don't. I, I have no. Especially when I mean, we, we all know how busy that the Mexican national team is. I've said it before. I'm pretty sure they're the most busy national team in the world. I, I would. Not, I just with the amount of games that they is, have. To take part I don't in. know. I, I think we're looking at like give them a break. Okay, national teams are doing it too. It's like everyone. The FIFA dates are for, are for that. If it was a non-FIFA date. Yeah. Okay. If it was one of those partidos that you know the U.S. and in the U.S. Would, I'll give it to that. But this is a FIFA day. National teams are flying back and forth from the pond or going across. Doesn't mean I, we have to do it either. The world. But, I, but yeah. at least at least the players that are going to be there, like the Gatito, like I said, I guess I get Layun and all them. But I think you know if they asked, hey, I don't want to be a part of it. I don't know how many did, how many didn't. We know maybe Chicharito. We know maybe Jimenez was or some like that are there. But even Herrera, you know, it's it's like. We're looking at players that are going to be there in the four years. So, I mean, but, um, but you see, really quickly, you see with like a with Ochoa, the complaint that he made. I mean, he didn't necessarily make that complaint, but he retweeted that one uh, post from like the uh, what was it? it? Was like some sort of players' union saying that like complaining about players not giving much of a break after the World, World Cup. Cup. They had, they only had what like uh, I think Ochoa had what maybe less than two weeks between the end of the World Cup and him starting his oh, season man. with standard leaves. So and then when you see him getting called up till three, I bet there's a part of him that's a little bothered. I bet the hundred percent not to be it. called before. Yeah, no, but I bet, but, but the, like when you asked not to be called I before, gar- you see I the gar- reaction that people have. I, I guarantee you that he said, yep, I'm in because he's still, you know, he's, he, there's still some markets available in Europe and that could see him yeah. and he wants to be trans and trans get out of there. So it's kind of like, yeah, so many breaks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, definitely get me in the spotlight somewhere so I can get out of this team. Um, and go- thank God he didn't win the World Cup because he would have only had three days, <laughs> you know, apparently. Um, some of maybe the U.S. players are going, it's okay. I want to have that problem of going to the World Cup and then not having any you know, <laughs> vacations, and, and we'll see how, how that is. Uh, Cesar, any players from Liga MX that you wish were kind of on, the, on this list, maybe given some time? Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm not – uh, 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 a gallito maybe yeah but i don't i mean if think if we're looking towards a future i'm not sure if gallito is that player maybe maybe as a defensive midfielder um uh, maybe you can make the argument that uh he could potentially be there for a little bit longer especially when you saw someone like rafa still being highly relevant in that defensive midfield position i would say maybe like someone like a cesar montes if you're looking towards a future but i mean maybe we're we're a little past the the hype for cesar montes uh, Pizarro, maybe if we're, we're looking at another option right there. Um, uh, and, and Aquino maybe, but also Aquino isn't, I'm not entirely sure if Mexico really needs to look, mm-hmm. uh, towards him, especially since they have a wealth of wingers. So that's, I don't know, that, I think that's, that's a, that's a good question right there. I think I'd have to look at a list of, um, some of the players, because to be honest, a, a lot didn't come to mind. I know a lot of people are saying trophies, but those people who are saying trophies are probably Chivas fans, to be honest. <laughs> True. No. Yeah. yeah this. But I. I mean, Trophy keeps at least doing. I. I would say f- between Polito and Trophies, I would go with Trophies. He's in, just, he, just he's, he's, in, he's inconsistent. And also, Jace is on the chat, and that just yes! made my day. I was just about to say that, Mister Jason Markwitz, soccer mexicana, on the chat. 
What time is it? Where's he at? He's in uh he's in Kuala Lumpur. Kuala Lumpur, Kuala Lumpur. Jason, what time is it over there? If you don't know, uh he's on the chat, so this is the time for you to ask what's going on. Uh just... saying hello. You know what, Jason? I don't know if you should be on here because the time that you took a break from Mexican soccer, your Cruz Azul have been undefeated. So if they lose this weekend, that's, I'm going to blame it actually, all on you. I think that's the only reason Jason jumped back. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to wait a few more weeks, see how much better they're doing. He's like, oh, they're killing it? Yeah, let's do this. I'm going to jump back on. Tuesday morning, 10.30 a.m. where Jason's at. <laughs> all right. Nice. It's our, it's, you're already on Tuesday. Great. Much great, love great, to Jason great. out there. All right. Uh, let's see. Mr. World Cup, Mexico World Cup, since it's four years from the World Cup, he's like, eh, we're, uh, I'm just going to run a little later. So he should be coming on, on, he said. Uh, he has the right life. idea. Take 2018 off, come back in 2019. Yeah, Tom, Tom has Question, the right is, idea. There, is there really somebody on Twitter named Mexico Gold Cup? Because I heard that. <laughs> I saw someone actually literally tweet that to Tom saying, like, Tom, like, my Twitter username was inspired by you. Mexico so, like, Gold Cup. <laughs> I should be. I, I want to be. I want to be Mexico to a long tournament. I'm gonna change my username to that. Mexico to a long tournament. That's all I'm gonna do. <laughs> Mexico Copa America. All right. Uh, well, enough. I mean, we we talked a lot about the about the roster. We talked on who's you know who's there, who's not. Um, Tuca Ferretti finally. You know, lots of things that he's kind of coming out now. Uh, and one of the big news stories that came out today with the federation, he's there. Man, I haven't seen Tuca where. Uh, so much like Mexico, a <laughs> Mexico clothing. Like he was all Adidas out, <laughs> kind of like me. Um, but it, uh, in the press conference, having fun talking to the, to the to all the to all the media. But one of the things that he said was, you know, he, when they asked him about the national team, if he was ever is going to take it, he did he did say that you know I have a contract with Tigres, it's three years, um, and uh, I would never do that to Tigres for all they've given me. I I wouldn't. Um, What's the word that he used? I wouldn't. Ah, and I'm trying to figure it out, but it, it yeah. was it was like I wouldn't do that that thing to Tigres, you know, all the thing that they've done. I think um, I think the word that a lot of us been using in Liga Mekis English, I'll treat English, has just been say, betray, right? He wouldn't betray. betray yeah, them. sorry, I was like, I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, betray, yeah. yeah, like I want to betray them. I'm like, well, it's not really a betrayal. I mean, it happens all the time. Contracts are are are, are renegotiated, you know, renegotiated. Like they they. He can become El Tri. He's saying like it's not, and it's kind of like I'm kind of taking it like Tigres. It's up to you. You know, can you do something about that contract? Then I'm here. <laughs> I, think I, that, I feel that's what's going to happen. I, th- well, I think I think it's I think it's a I think it's also a win win for Tuca because also let's not forget that he's got a nice thing going over over there with Tigres. I mean, he it's the most dominant Liga Mekis team in recent years. He gets incredible signings. Probably lives a nice lifestyle out there in Monterrey. I remember there's like some clip that went viral with him, what, that he crashed his Ferrari. I think that says plenty that Tuca driving around a Ferrari and like Monterrey probably living the, having the time of his life out there. So it's not as if he is a manager of someone who is like a, I don't know, like, like a Puebla or a Lobos Bob. He's, he's clearly doing very, very, very well out there with Tigres. So I, and, and you do have to, I guess with, with Tuca, one thing that you have to appreciate with him is how, blunt he is you know how uh, he isn't subtle he doesn't he doesn't try to beat around the bush it seems like for the most part he is quite honest and what he said earlier today did seem quite honest mm-hmm. maybe he's using it in his advantage like you said with uh with Thetis maybe saying like oh maybe I can make something happen we'll see what happens in the future but 
I, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, I think he doesn't want to betray that Degas side. And no matter what spot Degas are in right now in the league table, they're probably going to make it to the playoffs. Whether they're going to finish in eighth place or finish in second place, they're going to make it into the top eight and they're going to be a title contender. And then it'll once again be another year in which somehow Degas uh, win the title uh, in the Apertura, but for some odd reason, not the Clausura. So I think I think Duca's got a, a fantastic thing going there. And I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't blame him for, for, for saying what he did. And look at that. All of a sudden, Tom and Amy just jumped on the show. Did someone not like my thoughts about Duca? It's just like Amy uh, and you Tom. You know what? That's it. That's it. We're going to stop you right now. He's like, yeah, let's, what's, let's, what's going on here? Tom and Amy are always so I was going to make a joke right now, like, oh, Tom is injured, so I'm like that emergency person they call that wasn't part of the original squad, but I'm in here. But now Tom jumped on. Show me to go. Tom, get out of here. No, get out of here, man. All right, welcome, Mr. Tom and, and Amy. Now that uh, we don't get to see your, hear your presence, uh, Amy, we're talking all about Duca. Uh, you just wrote a great article for the Next Nation about what's happening with Duca, so tell us a little bit. Uh, your thoughts, especially today. I I've been messaging back and forth. Get ready for the Tuca session. Get ready for Tuca and the national team. I feel he's coming. Maybe not this year, but I feel getting closer to Tuca with the national team. Yeah, I don't like when you're right, but I feel like you're going to be right again uh, with this. this just, really- <laughs> I just feel. I, okay, I've been saying this for like a few. I think I said this the last time I was with on with Cesar and Adriana. I feel like it's like that relationship metaphor right now. Like, Tuca has, like, this really stable relationship with Tigres right now that he doesn't want to let it go for something that's not stable. Like, I I wrote about it a little bit in the article. It's, like, if you count Juan Carlos, it's nine different coaches in the span of, like, oh, no, 12 different coaches in the span of nine years. Like, like, of course he doesn't want to. And, of course, he's, like, I'd rather just stay somewhere where I know I kind of have, like, a solid foundation instead of, you know, hopping into something that might get rid of me in like a year or less than that because they don't like the results that I have. So I think there was I think there was so much validity in what he was saying about his reasoning for not taking it full on full time that he's sixty four. He's looking for something a little bit more real. You know, he's yeah. past that like experimental <laughs> age in his fifties. <laughs> Time to settle down, you know. Time to settle down. Those, those crazy fifties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's really twelve national team coaches. I saw they use that, but the interims don't count. It's like everyone's being. How many actual national coaches? Twenty ten. Well, it was what? It was like four in in a in like the month in twenty fourteen, right? It was like Aguirre. Then after Aguirre, then I'm not, now my. Uh, who did they show up for twenty for twenty eleven? You got Chepo. Chepo got fired. Then uh, Piojo came in. That's three official ones, right? Or right? No, right before that there was um um este Remy. Such a That's whirlwind of emotion and just it was such a dark time in my life. Four. Then twenty fourteen happened. They didn't fi- they didn't find anybody, and then it's five. Like there's some interims. I get it, but. Still, you got you got to count you got to you got to count the hookups. You got to you got to count the flames. Well, those are those are the guys that they needed to coach. They're missing Tom Marshall. Uh, I love this metaphor. You translated some things that are going that are happening with Mister Tuca Ferretti, um, uh, but especially the press conference uh, today that he sparked. Anything come out of that press conference that he's kind of being a little more honest, just like like Cesar said. 
Um, no, I thought it was a really good press conference. I thought, you know, even from the first question, he's like, uh, I think the, the Debbie Azteca journalist asked like about four questions in one. And he was like, wait up, slow down. I'm like, what's going on here? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, please, everybody, only one question each. And it just that just shows the level of authority that Tuca Ferretti has, the confidence, the um, experience that he has dealing, dealing specifically with the Mexican press. And I think... Um, you know that's one of the reasons why that's one of his strengths as a as a permanent candidate. Um, and apart from that, I thought it was really good. I thought what he said about the younger players, about um, you know what's the point in, in in calling up the same old. We know what they can do, the same old players. And it's like it's like fair enough. I, I liked it. You know, I think he's right. I think these last three games for the year of the year were a chance for the younger players to to make the mark. You know, to to, to lay down the challenge to the older ones that. You know, there's a new generation coming through. So, but yeah, I mean, I think the big talking point is: can, is Tuca going to be? Is there any chance he can be permanent manager? And the message is for me is very clear: Tigres has to would have to would have to kind of push that. Tigres, Tuca's not going to p- push his way out of Tigres. If Tigres said to him, "Tuca, you go in there," then he'd go there because that's how he's always dealt with his directors and. The people in charge. He's very much like I'm. Just I think he said before, like I'm a foot soldier. I just follow the lead. And you mm-hmm. remember, I think it was actually when he was playing strong teams in the Conquer Champions. He was like, my directors want the Conquer Champions. Okay, I'm going to play decent teams now. So I think it's the same. I think if Tigres and um, the federation come to an agreement, then then I think the door's still slightly open. To be honest, at least in a managerial sense, not what we've seen on the field but it'd be like Arsene Wenger leaving like Arsenal I just can't imagine a Tigres without Duca it would just be so strange just to see another manager you have to use that metaphor right now I'm still still grieving and you have to think about it for kind of going off of what Sasha said though it's like he he said it himself like like if I finish out this contract I will have been there for 11 years like you know, for him, it, it would probably be aside from the instability of the federation. Like, it, it would it would probably be like just feel odd for him to have to leave something that's given him so much or that's invested so much in him too. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The only thing I'd say about the federation is I think that with Osorio, the I think I thought we saw a changed attitude. I think Guillermo Cantu is is very he's a bit different than 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 previous. Uh, sporting director, whatever his title is, Dennis De Closse, I think the I think they're smart people, to be honest, and I think they've they've got that vision. And I thought I think we saw with Juan Carlos Osorio, people can judge whether it worked or didn't work out, but there were there were obvious occasions during that cycle where even people on this show were saying we need to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And you know mm-hmm. the seven nil against Chile, obviously that was the that was the big one. They're and, not here on the show anymore, FYI. <laughs> but but um. <laughs> But they didn't do it. They, they kept with him after a historic result like that against Chile to keep with the manager. Um, I think was I thought that that showed that the federation may have matured now and may and may just absolutely know that they can't they can't be doing what they did a few years ago. All I the time. I, and I think that's where and I think that's where I kind of go. I go back to my point. I don't think it's the same federation from a while back. The people have changed, and I go back to it. You people are saying twelve. You know, it's been twelve coaches or whatever it really only has been four since 2010 in eight years torre uh chepo who which was one game herrera and juan carlos osorio it wasn't the managers were kind of, there was interns that are there and the fact that they wanted juan carlos osorio to stay 
which many people didn't want him. But I was for that to keep going with those cycles. I feel it's a change federation. No, we don't get paid by the FMF if anybody thinks that we do or, yeah. or how it is. And we're giving them props. But I feel that at least right people are in it right now in order for them to take. You can, you can talk about some. You can talk about all the money. But at least coaching changes. And I think this is why they're betting on Tuca Ferretti. It's a safe bet. Everybody wants it. Players, uh, the fans. And who really is out there that's going to leave their post to come to Mexico and kind of be, you know, out there? Especially look at Juan Carlos Osorio right now, signed officially with Paraguay. Paraguay? That's who, you know, that's who he uh, left the national team with to go to Paraguay. But, but, if, but, if, but if we're speaking personally, though, I, I don't want Duca taking charge of Mexico as a long-term project. I think Mexico is past someone like Duca. I think Duca is a safe option. And I... And I recognize why you'd want someone like Tuca as the safe option. We've, as Tom discussed, this is someone who also knows how to deal with the media right there. Someone who is well versed in the Mexican game. Someone who's been there for quite some time. Um, someone who's taken charge of a, uh, the most dominant league of team in recent years. But Tuca is the safe option. I don't, I don't want the safe option. I do. I, I want, I want someone a little bit more different. And I, although I recognize why they want uh, Ferretti to take charge for the long term, or at the very least as an interim. Personally speaking, I, I do hope that the, he is just going to be an interim and that Mexico eventually tries something a little different other than Tuca. And I think that's where it's going to come down to that I don't believe that there's that many options, to be honest, with the players, you know, people that have that have been already kind of uh, linked to the national team. Look who we ended up with is Juan Carlos Osorio. Before, you know, it worked for yes or no, wherever we got at. It didn't we didn't do any 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 worse than we did in other World Cups. But at the same time, when Juan Carlos Osorio, the news came out, we're like, that's it. That's who we have. Who is this guy? You know, what has he done? And I feel that's why they're they're betting on Tuca Ferretti. And I ultimately think that it's going to get done. But we will see. All right. Well, uh, I, just think, I just think the other thing with Tuca, the one thing I don't like is, obviously, he's, he's said so many times he doesn't want the job that it's kind of like, say you want the job. I mean, you know. Say you would love to do it if you didn't have. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just. I, I, I think he did well, he kind, kind of. of he kind of said, yeah, he kind of said that, right? He kind of said it. He, 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 said, it, he, said, it, he said it. Sit down at the table. Oh you know yeah, I mean? well, there's a, there's a, there's the first, and I kept going back. We said that on the Patreon podcast. It's like here's Tuca. Oh, he's getting well with Moleros and all this other stuff. But oh, here comes friendlies and interims. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, I'll go ahead and be a part of that. And it's but that's I how I feel. Too. I think that's a reflection of how bad it. That's what I said. That's what we said earlier. Like it's it's a reflection of how bad it is that they're like, please help us out. And he he's just like, yeah, I'll it, do it. But it's from my understanding, it was him who raised his hand saying, "I'll be interim." Before any news came out that the FMF was looking for, because he already knew they were going to ask him. He was already like, you know what? I'll save you the trouble. Yeah, if you need, if you. Need. That's what I'm saying. Like he's he. I feel he really wants to do it. I think he's putting it on Tigres, saying this is this is really what I want. And, you know, Janak's about, you know, he's like, all right, you're done. Uh, Tigres is not who it is anymore. All right, he's done with it. He's, he's ready to go to the national team. So, so if we're going back to Amy's relationship metaphor, we're saying Thank that that is just is telling Thuka, like, tell me you love me. And Thuka's like, eh, I don't know. Maybe I'll love you. I, we'll see what's going on. I got a good thing going on over here. In it, it's so much clearer when you use that metaphor. I feel like it, it clears it up. Like, <laughs> I love all your metaphors in relationships because you, when you wrote on Twitter, Amy, about your ex, you know, with Paraguay, saying, yeah, it's, it's all right, it's Paraguay. It's, it's because with Juan Carlos, it was like, all right, we don't know what we're getting into, but we're going to try it out. And then the FM, or this is a metaphor, okay? The FMF ended up falling in love with him, and he's like, you know what? 
you just not where I am right now. Like it's not it's not me. It's You've got too much baggage. <laughs> too much, yes, you have way too much baggage. It was too, you know, I've seen your track record, and I feel like you know we'd rather we should end so it now. Broke up. Now it's up with the ugly chick from Paraguay. Oh, I'll say it. No. <laughs> yes. Oh. Didn't make it. Didn't make the national. Didn't make the World Cup. Now it's trying to rebuild. I'm actually not hurt by it. It's cool. You're gonna go to Paraguay. If Juan Carlos Osorio gets a Twitter account, it's over. Like that's it's it's <laughs> that's it. Like if, if 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 Paraguay all of a sudden, yeah, you need a Twitter and he starts tweeting after all these years of those social media with the national team, that's when I'll be like, you know what? You're not worth it, Juan Carlos. You never would have been. Uh we'll see we'll see how it goes. All right. Any last thoughts on the national team? Uh, Mr. Tom will be there. I will be there also in um in Houston. There, uh, giving you guys all and everything that's happening there. And then uh, Nashville against uh, the United States. I think, Amy, you're flying out there. Uh, Tom, I know, is definitely there. Uh, so it should, it should be fun. Cesar? I, went, I, I guess I looked at my calendar. I went to I went to Texas like a week or two too early. So I'll, I'll, be, I'll be watching from San Diego. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that should be fun. Um but any last thoughts on on the national team team guys? I mean, yeah, I think you got to look at the other options as well. Like if Tuka's, we know Tuka's situation. I think it's unlikely me that he's going to take over because it's just been so consistent saying what he said, and I can't, I can't imagine Tigers are going to want to let him go. But look at the other options. What's going on with Peckham and with Colombia? That might, could be an option. Yeah. He's, he's had a bit of a rough past in Mexico because mm-hmm. he, he went to the the TAS. Oh, the, not the cast. Uh, um, he took Tigres to the cast. Um, I think it all depends whether it's in English or Spanish. We're talking about Tass or Cas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in English it's cast. But then you know you got San Pauli there. Is you know, you know mm-hmm. you got to weigh up all these things. And when's the time to strike? When's the time to wait? It's it's uh, it's easy to say. You know, the federation is don't know what he wants to do. But it's also it's difficult. It's a really difficult period this now because every all the managers basically most of them are in work. You've got the kind of fallout from the World Cup. So you've got someone like Sam Pauli, who, who obviously his re- reputation after the World Cup has been shattered. But if this would have happened three years ago with Sam Pauli, you know, after he's won the Copa America with Chile, everyone would have been like, this is absolutely amazing for Mexico. So I don't know. We just have to, anyway, I think we have to keep looking at the, the different candidates as well and see, you know, see what, what comes out there. Yeah. Rather than just focus on Tuca, because I feel like all the press at the minute is like, Tuca, Tuca, yeah, Tuca, no, Tuca, Tuca. I mean, in- I mean, I, I feel like, you know, other names will come up and you, you will start seeing it. But interesting to see what, how many games Suka is going to coach because if he's got the national team in September, we hear some new um, the, uh, dates for, the, for November, a possible Europe date, those, those games in Monterrey. Um, so we'll see. There's plenty of games for Tuka to get, you know, settled in there if he's going to be that person. Well, we'll see. Uh, really quick, since we're not going to have chance to – chat with you all before the game against Uruguay. Predictions on what do you think happens during that game? Uh, Cesar says, you know, obviously the the score doesn't matter, but uh, what do you guys see? I mean, I, I don't care about the score, but I'll predict a one-to-one draw uh, between Mexico and Uruguay, and I'm just hoping that we see at least a handful of youngsters in that game, and I imagine maybe we'll save some more of the younger players for the U.S. Men's National Team game, but I, I I could see that as a, as a draw. Uh, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I see it as a draw or 
or especially because Luis Suarez is there and he wasn't he hasn't been there the last couple of times they faced off. I think maybe at most like a two one loss. I'd go yeah. for the I'd prefer the draw, but I say maybe a loss. And I, on the other hand, would prefer to see um, I would prefer to see Jonah in this game instead of the game against the U.S. because I feel like the U.S. could be more of like a young a young player clash, and that would be the opportunity to give them that chance because. It's not necessarily an important game, but it kind of is because this is the first time U.S. and Mexico face off uh, because the U.S. didn't go to the World Cup and stuff. So I'd like to see more of a more of the younger players get an opportunity there. But um, for the Uruguay game, I say one one or a possible two one. Yeah, go. I think Uruguay one nil uh, just because they've got strong squad and they've got a big tournament next summer the Copa America, and they've got so many problems with the Federation, with FIFA, FIFA and Comnibal taking them over. I just think, and I think the players want to prove something, and I think that this is their only game, I think, in this uh, FIFA break as well. So after this game, they'll they'll all fly off, so they can give it everything for one game, and they've got a really nice rest before heading back to the club teams. All right, all right. I'm going with the 2-0 loss. Not very... (laughs) I think it's going to be a great experience for the youngsters. I think it's going to be... No, not even a goal. I just, I, I really don't see, I, I don't see uh, what mid is going to penetrate through there. Uh, as much as Chucky and Raul will be there, um, I'm going to go. And I think it's going to be a good game. I think it, we're going to come out satisfied somehow that these youngsters did well against a team. I'm looking at that defense, and again, Osvaldo Lanis is the <laughs> is the the veteran here. Uh, uh, looking at that, so but I, I feel like we're going to come out with something good. But I think one zero, maybe one goal at the half, and. Mexico trying with a lot, just not be able to score in. And then, you know, Suarez does Suarez thing. I'm going to go with 2-0. And then I feel the Nashville game, I think that we're going to see. I think it's going to be exciting. I think Mexico pulls off a win. Um, and these guys, although it's a rivalry, although it's, it's a mean game, you, you still want to show up uh, uh, on these things. So, um, But, again, 2-0, it, it's, I think we'll be fine. All right. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Why is, oh, sorry. Why is JP Santoyo asking who I'm rooting for for the U.S. Mexico game? Weasel, what have you done? You see what you've done? No. You know, you asked something. Oh, my goodness. No, why are you guys doing this to me? We're this, supposed to be friends. What? Everybody. Is it, is it not what? Eh? I thought this is the American. Amy's American. Sorry, guys. Is that what it would be called, the American soccer show? The, the American Mex, the Mexican American soccer show. Oh, the Mexican American. We all root for it. Mexico, of course, because we're Mexican Americans. What Mexican American roots for the U.S. men's national we'll team? We'll hey, Amy, we'll there's a lot. <laughs> we'll no, everybody. Amy does not. Amy does not. Amy does not vote for the U.S. No, I just asked you on the Patreon podcast straight out, and you wouldn't answer. We re- we went back and we checked, and you uh, asked like three questions really? at the same time, and I was trying to answer all. No, you, you just I brought this back up. You okay. brought it back up. I all right, do not root for the U.S. There. All right, <laughs> uh, I root for the U.S. in the Olympics. I was like, go Phelps. Every other thing else other than soccer is, I don't mind it. Uh, so we'll see. Recent events make me hesitant to root for the U.S. and things. All right. Let's jump into uh, Liga Amekis. is going to take a quick break. Um, wait, is he still on here? Do we still see Mr. Uh, Jason Markowitz? You know, can he come on? Should I give him the link to talk about Cruz Azul? So we can, we can go there now, now? All right, all right, all right. Fine, fine. Uh, huge surprise in the results this week. Querétaro beat Morelia. Morelia. Pff, that wasn't a surprise, guys. I got that. 
I was all good. Uh, Puebla beat Monterrey. Uh, and probably the biggest surprise of it all, Atlas finally scoring a goal, even though they lost to Tigres. But it was, you know, they were up 1-0. It's kind of a, you know, we're going in that. Cruz Azul remains beat, uh, unbeaten, uh, which I'm pretty sure everybody got Cruz Azul, you know, beating Veracruz uh, 4-1. But Liga MX, uh, week 7? Week eight, week eight, because we're now we're now officially in the halfway point. Ha- okay, point we're of, halfway of the, regu- of the regular halfway season. Point. So this is a real deal, right? You still have them, obviously in the liguilla. Now coming in, making sure that you know they. And here comes the pressure of Cruz Azul trying to win a championship as a super leader. But what are what are the what are the biggest talking points to you halfway down this in the middle of the season, Tom? Biggest talking points. I mean, you can't look really past Cruz Azul, to be honest. I mean, they've only given away three goals. I mean, that's absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Um, you know, I really, you know, I mean, I know it's the obvious one, but that for me, that is the the talking point. Um, aside from that, you look at the table and you see Caretero and you think, are they a dark horse? You know, watching them against Morelia, uh, Marcel Ruiz, you know, really the last few weeks, I don't, I don't know. You don't want to get too excited, but I mean... It's hard not to get too excited about a seventeen-year-old playing like that. Um, yeah, and 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 so I think definitely you know Camilo Sambeso as well is is hitting form, and we know when he fit, hits form, he's he's one of the best forwards in the league. So I'd say those three, um, those two, sorry, you know Atlas obviously a disaster. I think Atlas, Lobos, and Veracruz. I think we're seeing three clubs really struggling, to be honest, and I can't remember you know, three clubs struggling so much. Regardless of points, just like, I don't know, just not being really in games. I mean, Atlas scored against Tigres, but you look at how many shots Tigres had and how they dominated the game. And it's like, you know, I think uh, Pepe Hernandez was the was the goalkeeper of the week because um, he made so many saves. And it's like, it's not great for Atlas, but Rado Espinosa has just been, just been let go, by the way. Atlas yeah. are going to have a new manager. So, yeah, I'd say those, those three, I'd say the, the, the pitch at the Azteca, is an embarrassment. Um, I'd say, you know, I don't know whether we're focusing more on refereeing decisions because we know that that VAR's coming in. But, I mean, my, my I think the sooner VAR comes in, the better. And the main reason is that when you talk to people down here, just, you know, people don't trust the refereeing. Is in, like, a lot of people think the refs are corrupt. <laughs> like, and, you know, and that's not good. That's not good for the, you know, for, for, for people having confidence in the league. Um, and so I think when VAR comes in, we're not going to see, or hopefully we're not going to see as, as some of the ridiculous decisions, to be honest, that we saw last weekend, like a handball on the line. You should be able to see that, the ball going out just before a goal. When the linesman's right next to, or the the, the assistant referee's right next to the next to the play, I mean, you've got to see that. Yeah, when I look at the league and Mikey's table, I mean, not to make a, early assumptions only at the halfway point in the season, but I think when you look at the top five, I think that those look like playoff-worthy teams. I'm still unsure about Caretero. I, I don't know. I'm still unsure about the attack. I know Tom was just talking about San Vessel. I think San Vessel is an incredible striker. And I think he's really led them to uh, some of the recent wins. You do have to mention, I mean, Caretero has three wins in a row right now. I, I'm, I'm still not sure if they're going, if he's going to be able to maintain that, if he'll be able to carry uh, this side. Uh, Tigres. Uh, I mean, it looked like we were talking about for a while. It's like, are they, are they crisis? Is there an issue with this team? But they've bounced back a little bit. They're back in the top eight. I imagine they're going to continue um, to stay in the top eight. I'm also keeping an eye on Pachuca, too. 
Um, I think we were all a little worried about that Pachuca side, uh, whether they're going to have some issues, obviously, with someone like Keisuke Honda leaving the team. And even recently, you have someone like Eric Gutierrez, I mean, leaving the team as well. So you wonder if they were going to get a win uh, against Chivas. But I still think that this Pachuca side is still might be able to sneak into the top eight. Uh, and I think that you still have to keep an eye, of course, on that all those youth players that they have that could really step up for the team. So I... I I, I like Pachuca, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were to sneak in the top eight. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess what stands out to me, like Tom said, that those those teams at the bottom three are just, I, I mean, oh man, they're they're awful, man. <laughs> it's, just, it's just completely yeah. abysmal. Look, it's just completely abysmal. You look at Liga MX, and it's kind of funny how how it is because you have three horrible teams, then you have like twelve of them. 13, I mean, from, from second place at 16 points in Monterrey, all the way on Club America, Puma, Santos, Querétaro, Tigres, Toluca, Monarcas, Pachuca. You're looking at teams that can have a bad week or two or three, and they just are not convincing enough to be a contender. Uh, and we all know that Monterrey, we all know that Club America can have great teams, but then all of a sudden they do something like, you know, Club America loses to Leon, or Pumas finally is getting in there with, you know, only four wins, two losses, and two draws. Santos on what's happening. And then Querétaro surprising. Tigres, you know, you're looking at that at that team where we're like, what's in crisis? Toluca something does well. And that's where I feel Cruz Azul is, is just overpowering everybody because everybody that's faced Cruz Azul has been on their downside. It hasn't been any, like, hot team ready to face. When Club America was winning or when Monterrey or Tigres, it's, you know, in that sense – there's Puebla, Guadalajara, León with 10 points. They get two wins. They're in the top five. You know, obviously seeing what happens at those. So it's kind of very inconsistent, but I haven't seen great teams or except for Cruz Azul. And now comes the the later stretch. You know, at what point does Cruz Azul yeah. go over? It's in the bag. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Monterrey is second, and I've not been impressed by him. That's what I'm saying, yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, America, number two. I mean, like watching them against Lobos, what, the other, I mean, 2 nil win, it's a good win. But um, you're not like, wow, uh-huh. you know, even Pumas, I'm not completely not convinced by. Santos, I think, have done quite well. Um, you know, obviously, Carretero, but and Tigres are just doing the thing. Toluca, now they've got San Buesa back. I expect them to be, you know, going a bit of a march. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, yeah. Um, just, just quickly about Pachuca, I watched them the other day. And I guess Daran, um, as a coach, obviously, was assistant to Rafa Benitez. You know, very organized teams, and you can see it. I mean, I watched it from actually bought a ticket and went with a friend, and you know, sat high up, and you could just see exactly the the formations and how well coached that team is already after a couple of months under Ayestaran. Um And it's quite quite different than Pachuca played under Alonso. It's weird because Monterrey are going the other way as well under Alonso. Under Alonso, you know, they're trying to play out the back a bit more, trying to keep possession. Which they didn't under Mohamed, and and now Pachuca are actually going. They, they're quite defensive. Uh, it was like a four-five-one, you know, really compact, hitting on the break, and just basically you know waited for Chivas to mess up. Um, it looks like they're going to get a midfielder in as well from Boca Juniors, um, Sebastian Perez, who's Colombian, did really well for Atlético Nacional, um, and I think he's obviously going to be in the mix to. To step in for Eddie Gutierrez because let's not forget he just lost the captain and arguably the best player. So yeah, and shout out to Pablo Lopez, uh, the twenty-year-old who stepped up recently too over the weekend, who got a goal uh, for Pachuca too. So obviously, I think I think Pachuca do an excellent job of balancing that because uh, it's very difficult. Liga Mekis of 
of not only producing young talent, but bringing in interesting foreign talent as well. So I think uh, credit to them for, yeah. for helping create a player like that who immediately, once again, just, just found a goal for them over the weekend. Yeah, I would say, though, that, I mean, they've not reached the playoffs in the last three, so there is pressure on them. I mean, the interesting thing for Pachuca, and I, I think, I don't know, we haven't got much time, but it's a wider <laughs> discussion because over the weekend I spoke to the, spoke to the sporting director, Marco Garces, um, and he basically told me straight out, um, Eric Gutierrez, they didn't want to tell him to a Mexican team, but they could have got more money from a Mexican yeah. club, and the Mexican clubs were interested in Eric Gutierrez. And it tells you a lot about the kind of, player production and and basically what he tells me is he's let Gutierrez go basically how, as a favour because they promised him it you know obviously the club don't want to lose him but it's just it's just shows how difficult it is for, for Mexican players but Pachuca for me yeah obviously I think the youth production the number one in the country maybe by a bit of a distance now um, you know Herrera Lozano and Gutierrez I mean this is you know this is you know historic what they're doing to be honest, in the Mexican game. But <laughs> the Chuka fans up there in in, uh, in Hidalgo, it doesn't mean anything to them, or it doesn't mean much to them if, if the team aren't making the playoffs. So, I mean, that's the mm-hmm. that's the, that's the big challenge for Pachuca. Um, like Cesar says, that balance. And now, you know, five games without five games without defeat, you know, it bodes well. It's interesting how Liga MX is just crazy. Well, I mean, just I, mean, I know I'm rambling here, but look at Atlas. They've got five, Tom, five players Tom, in the Tom. under-21s. <laughs> and, they, and they've got one goal, and they've got two points. Yeah. I mean, in, in a way, you've got to praise Atlas because they produced these kids, they've thrown them in the team, and they've struggled a little bit. But they're not, they're not, and that's natural for young players. Maybe they've done it too quickly. I mean, I think that's, that's probably the, the right way of looking at it. But... I mean, like says I was saying, then it's yeah. it is a it's difficult. It's not it's not easy when you've got you know Cruz Azul who basically don't produce any young players, and and you know they've got Roberto Alvarado, but he's just bought. I mean, he's got loads of games behind him. You know, that's not, it's almost cheating. You know what I mean, um, it's difficult in this league to to produce massive young players and win. Right. Also, one more thing. I'm going to sneak in one more thing. If we're, if we're going to teams of production, we have to bring up Santos Laguna too. And if we're looking, if we're going to tie this into the Mexican national once again, shout out to a to a uh, to a to a club side that's able to produce like two young fullbacks that have now gotten a, a call up to national to to produce an Angulo and and an, an Arteaga right there, and who are 19 and 20 who are going to be part of the Mexican national team setup. So that's that's pretty impressive. And also yeah. Navea too. Navea too. Hundred percent. I think I think I think Santos are now, you know, probably number two in youth production. You know, unbelievable job they've done there. All right, well, very good talks about youth. I think it's a theme of things that we're starting to see. You guys were worried about this new transition with you. We have plenty. We have plenty of youth. We'll see how. How they go? All right, really quick. Uh, Mexicans abroad, obviously the uh, the story at PSV. Chucky Lozano, the worst actor in the history of Mexican national team, when he was being <laughs> it got cringy. Like, hey, so you're with the team? Yeah. What are you and doing? Guti's like, why are you wearing that outfit, man? He's like, uh, that... I, I I just finished the game. Oh, I just oh, okay. I, this is what we wear now. We wear suits. But what's up with your sleeves, man? Can you can you fix them? Like, come on. <laughs> He's in the back. Uh, he's like, just tell me you're on the team. Just can you tell me you're on the team? Like, I could just see the producer going, hey, come on, guys. Like, you can't just, hey, how's it going? Like, that was the worst. But anyway, it was cool. It was cool the way they did it. Um, uh, Mexicans abroad, 
which you know it's exciting to see another i feel like psv you know we should we should just name somewhere in 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 mexico something about psv or do something it's like the official it's like the fulham of for the national united states right is that like a lot of players it's like this psv is ours like you know and, and we're looking at that we thought maybe porto with so many mexican players but what they've done i think six players uh is amazing and now we get to see them in the champions league so big news starting in september uh psv against barcelona is the first game uh so we get to see that with with the mexicans abroad um the porto guys also i think got lucky um and talking to people that aren't you know mexico fans are like look at that porto pot and we're like oh yeah what a difference (laughs) in groups between between uh the the group that the psv guys have and what porto has like my god man porto can make it into i think it's it's a i don't know i think it's for us no like I want, like, when I saw it, it's like, when I saw PSV's draw, I was like, dang it. But then oh, my immediate second reaction was like, there we go. Like, that's how that's how he has to go into it. That's, you know, the two playoff games that they had, you know, he did really well. He, he scored for in both those legs. Oh, Chucky. So, yeah. yeah, Chucky. So I'm like, yeah, there we go. That's how, that's how it has to be. If he's going to, if he's going to go into Champions League, you know, with this, with, with the way that he's been playing, like, whatever, started with Score. the bank. Go against, against Barcelona and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and you know we'll see. They got they got Tottenham. Who's the fourth team that they have? I think it's a uh, it's, Inter, Inter Milan. Yeah, yeah PSV's on the bottom of that. You know when we're looking at that, but, but going with the Porto, lots of the Mexicans abroad also in Europa League. Miguel Ayun, Guardado, uh, Ochoa, um, Diego Reyes. So you know a lot of a lot of Europa and. And Champions League, this is this is where I feel that this, you know our Mexicans abroad should be more championship teams, uh, leagues, and 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 what we're doing. Um, any news outside of of the Champions League for Mexicans abroad? Captain Guardado, a local rivalry, yeah. got the one nothing win for Betis over Sevilla. Uh, Herrera scored a win for Porto. Shout out, doing well. Yeah, doing well. He, he, he yeah, he got that terrible well, miss, but at least he got that start. In that uh, in that that win uh, over uh, West Ham, but Chicharito was a late sub of that one. Uh, shout out to Celta Vigo and Araujo for doing yeah. well out there. And he's we're at the player. top of the top of La Liga for about ten seconds or like about two minutes before. I mean, they'll, they'll be in third place for another week or so, I assume. But I mean, hey, shout hey, out to them going. right now. That's really exciting. And then uh, uh, also a big uh, win too. I mean, oh, yeah. it was it was against Atletico. Atleti? So yeah. And then also Reyes, he made his debut for Fernibache uh, in a three to two loss as a defensive midfielder. I didn't see the game, but at least from what I saw in the stats and what I saw online, it looks like it w- didn't really have much of an impact. But the guy just showed up, so I think we got to give him a little a little space right there. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Really um, quick. Oh, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, no, um, no. With PSV's draw, I just think it's exactly what it's all about. That's what we want to see. I mean, yeah. Eric Gutierrez signs for PSV. You know, we're going to see, rather than him playing against, you know, Santos, playing against Tijuana, we're going to see him playing against Messi and, you know, yeah. Barca's midfield. <laughs> I mean, you know, and Pochettino's Tottenham. I mean, this is this is exactly what we want from, yeah. from the younger Mexican players. And same with Araujo. I mean, you come up against Diego Costa <laughs> and Griezmann. <laughs> that doesn't exist in Mexico. And, and to go over there and play with that confidence that he showed on the ball... Mm-hmm. I mean, what a, I mean, what a performance that was from Nestor Raujo in in the first few weeks in Spain. I mean, it's so so very promising. Um, real shame about Salcedo, though. To yeah, be yeah, you know, yeah. That was a real real bummer. But 
I also heard as well there was um, um, an, another Mexican that was very close to signing for a Portuguese club. Um, they couldn't, in the end, agree. They couldn't make an agreement between the clubs. But we we almost saw another Mexican midfielder move move to Europe as well. But unfortunately, like we know, like in the Gutierrez situation, where a lot of the time the Mexican club it's basically goodwill that they let the the player go. It, it didn't happen. Who in times? Can't, I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> it's What's not not a, name, not a big name. Not a big name. It would have been a nice. His Would have name. been a nice, uh, a nice move, though, definitely. His name's Cesar Hernandez. Chilling and saying, "From what team, Tom?" I was trying to sell him. <laughs> I was trying to sell him. <laughs> and you failed, Tom. You can failed. Can you tell us? Can you tell us the team? No, um, the the Portuguese team. It wasn't one of the big three. No, I was talking about the Mexican team. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Tom, it's not here. Where? Um. All right. All right. All right. So we're looking ahead, Mexico's abroad duo, um, and uh, Europa League, Champions League, and everything like that. Really quick before we end, just running out of time, uh, Amy, with the predictions, with our, with our table, can you give us a little update on what is happening? Yeah, so nobody moved in the standings in terms of like the, the placements. Um, the fans are killing it every single time, like... I almost want to influence my predictions on the fans' ones because I'm like, maybe I'll start getting more points that way. But let me see here. Um, I think they had 35. It was like it was like a list. Let me go ahead and see here. It goes the fans, Adriana. The fans, Cesar. Adriana, Cesar, you, me, and then Tom. But Tom's only in the at the end because of the way the placement was before, like in terms of point, like points, right? Like if he gets more points than I do, him and I keep switching back and forth. But like I said last time, I'm just in this for the fun. And when I start getting up higher, then I'll be in it for the competition. But for right now, right now the fans are Cruz Azul. Cesar is like your Monterrey. He's giving, you know, no, Adriana's more like yeah. Monterrey. Oh, oh yeah, because she'd be second. And then you got like, you got Cesar more of the America slash oh, i'll be the queretaro you don't know what's happening but you're doing well but then you're not tom and amy are like veracruz and lobos Buap. i'll be lobos yeah. okay, okay. start counting track how many wolf calls tom. I'll be veracruz because like everything's just all over the place for me so yeah that makes complete sense fine fine you know <laughs> okay you can be chivas fine you can be chivas all right Make sure you pay your taxes. At least, I didn't say, <laughs> at least I didn't say you're Atlas, right? I mean, cooking score, so we'll, we'll look at that. All right, guys. Thanks to, you, to all of you that are on the chat. Lots and lots of conversations. Uh, trying to scroll a couple of times, and we only had to meet, like maybe delete one comment, which is a good thing for us at the chat. My bad. I shouldn't um, have said that. <laughs> uh, Jason Markwitz said hello, and then he, he left. Was, he said uh, hello he, and then left. And then he said hello, <laughs> and he left, and he's he out because we said like Cruz Azul's streak is because he's been away, and then he was like, "Good point," and then like he really left. I was like, "Oh, that's <laughs> a joke." Um, all right, well, we'll see. Lots of stuff that's coming from. Uh, we'll we'll uh, remind you guys be part of our Patreon con- uh, podcast this week. Mister Tom Marshall is going to answer some questions, so we're going to actually put out. You know, what do you want to ask Tom about the national team? some personal questions you want on there. We have some time. Uh, he'll be answering them. And then we have a special guest next week for the United States uh, 
a matchup. We'll, we'll let you guys know. It's uh, definitely a big name that's going to be part of the Patreon podcast for this week against the United, uh, United States. And we'll give you guys um, uh, some time. So definitely, if you're not part of the Patreon podcast, be a part of it uh, yeah, they, every week. They, they the actually show. the reins on this one, guys. So it's yes, yeah. it's, it should be it should be a lot a lot of fun. Amy and I and all the guests that come on. Uh, more info on the Twitter uh, pin post that's there. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Safe trip on all your travels, Mr. Cesar. Glad you're back from Austin. Uh, and uh, Amy, thank you for jumping on on the show. You're like, eh, I want to jump in there. Cesar saying stuff about Tuca. Let me get in. And then... <laughs> He's had too much time on the show. Someone quiet him down. All right, really quick trivia. What year was this? 1874. Oh. 1842. No, what's wrong with you guys? What year did we come out with this? I was trying to look back at all my shirts, and I'm like, I'll start wearing a shirt. So if you know. Uh, it was a pop quiz at the end of class. Pop quiz, pop quiz. What? 2028. 2029. All right. Send me your uh, tweet at uh, my handle or the Mexican Soccer Show if you know what year this shirt came out for the national team. No, no, Tom. No, we don't talk about we don't talk about 1990, Tom. 1990 didn't exist. We don't know. I think said 99. I'm like, wait, what's going on? All right, Amy, you can say goodbye to everybody. Close us off. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Thank you for having me unexpectedly on the show. Uh, just a little promo for that for that surprise guest. Uh, I've been doing this for a while now, so I'm kind of excited that you guys are letting me do this. So make sure you follow us and check that out. And uh, have a good rest of your Monday, everybody. All right, it's Monday. All right, adios amigos. Hasta la próxima.